Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone's having a good Monday. They made it. We made it through another weekend, but now we got a long ways to go for another one. I don't know. I'm excited. I thought, I thought the week was the thing you made it through to get to the weekend. I didn't think the weekend was the thing to get through. Ah, well. We did it. We made it. That's that's what that's what matters. I uh, see. I, I work a, a weird schedule. I've talked about it a bunch on, mm-hmm. on the show, uh, but I actually worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I made it through the weekend. Okay. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that works through the weekend either. I'm sure there's other people. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Probably. We got a great show for you guys tonight. I'm very excited to be here. I'm happy that you're here. If you're watching in the chat, we appreciate you. Drop, drop some things in the chat. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but yeah. uh, I'm happy nice. to have you here. I'm happy to be back. Uh, before we get too far into this, let's start off with some sponsors. Of course, we got TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great head-turning, bright purple Epstein Didn't Kill Himself hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using the term BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon, subscribe star, or become a member of all of our, or a member of the YouTube channel by hitting join under all of our videos, uh, where you can get into a private Discord server and get all of Top Lops's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at like a 30% discount. Really, really great stuff. Uh, if you're buying Top Lobster gear and you're uh, subscribing to the show, five to ten bucks a month, you're saving money. You're getting free shirts and you're saving money and you're supporting us all. All of us at the same time. So, we appreciate you. Go check them out. Uh, if you want to join the Patreon or subscribe star, you can do that by uh, putting in either one of those websites.com forward slash break the cycle JS. That'll get you there. Uh, and of course, executive producers on the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs. Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. They help organizations solve unsolvable problems in the techno- uh, technology and HR arenas. They serve clients uh, all over, but also right now, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois, Ohio, Indiana, and their client list is growing. Their team leads by example. Anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change. Now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personal challenges. They're wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, Amy Lepore is a good friend of mine. Uh, Her husband is amazing too. Uh, Really, really great. And uh, if you're not using them and you own a business, you're missing out. Absolutely. What do you think, right? You think pe- people should go check out Anthem Planning? They absolutely should. They absolutely should. I agree. I agree. And of course, new executive producers of the show, Colwell Creative Content. Uh, they're amazing people, good friends of mine as well. They specialize in SEO to help your site rank well on Google or other search engines. Website design, optimized website content writing, optimized blog posts, copywriting, social media content management, newsletter writing and design, ghostwriting and editing services, resume and cover letter writing. And they work with all kinds of clients, including real estate, addiction treatment, mental health, healthcare, banking and payment processing, uh, but not the Federal Reserve. That's what we like to make sure that everyone knows that. And they've worked and with the just, CIA podcast. And, and yeah, they don't work with the CIA podcast either. Uh, they've worked with just about every industry, even libertarian political candidates and influencers such as Larry Sharp. If you're a political candidate, hit them up. Let them help you get in front of your target audience. Or if you're just anybody trying to get in front of your target audience, go check them out. They've been in the business. Uh, they've been in business since 2012, and they've worked with hundreds and hundreds of clients. Uh, guys, we've got a great show for you tonight. Before we get any further. Let me introduce and say hello to my well-haired, amazing, beautiful co-host, Mr. Ryan Kurtz. Sir, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. Yeah. Uh, real quick, can I get some yep cocks in the chat? 
one of these days somebody will actually put it in the chat. Yep, Cox in the chat. I uh, have he, succeeded. He really wants you to drop Yep Cox in the chat. He yeah. really wants to see your, your Yep Cox. Yeah. Um, I just want to see some Cox people. He, Is that so hard? He would appreciate it very much if he could see the Yep Cox in the chat. Uh, he's he's we don't we're not streaming to Twitch. So a lot of people are like Yep Cox. What does that mean? I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, but we do got a great guest for you guys tonight. I'm very excited. I've been friends with this guy for a few years now. I've seen him probably in every state I've ever been to. <laughs> uh, he's been all over the place. He's now, uh, I mean, last time I got to see him, I was eating chili dogs with him in, in, at Porkfest a few months ago. But now he's uh, he's an announced and and uh, filed candidate for governor of the smallest state in the country, I think, Rhode Island. His name is Mr. Elijah Gizarelli. Sir, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. Um, not only am I announced and filed, I am on the ballot and will appear in the first debate. Hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, man. I'm excited for you. I, and like, you know, I've, I've been to Rhode Island. Um, in, in fact, uh, I, I was going to the Connecticut State Convention in 2018, which happened to be at some like roadside fucking bar. Um, but but I was like, ah, oh, it's cool. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fly into Rhode Island and then drive there because it's all like one place really i mean you can make it through all these states in like i don't know a couple hours and uh yeah so i so i flew into rhode island and i hung out with the rhode island libertarians uh for the night in the state of hotel in providence mm-hmm. and uh they took me to some bar uh in downtown providence and uh, i had stuffies which i had no idea existed nice. greatest thing ever invented what are stuffies they're so it's like the big quahog clams and they like open them up and like grind them up and mix them with like sausage and I don't know, onions and all kinds of shit. And then they put them back in the shell and cover it with cheese and then bake them and they put hot sauce and lemon on them. Oh my God, dude. Oh my dude, God. My first job, my first job was at fish market. Okay. Ocean pride seafood at would have Cranston. Okay. It was good. And it was good, dude. Dude. I like, we used to make stuffies and in order to make stuffies, right. The clam shells, they come out of the dirt, like gross. Right. Oh, so sure. you have to clean them, right. You have to clean the crap out of them. And the people I worked for insisted that you couldn't use a brush or a sprayer to clean off the shells. You had to rub them with the palm of your hand. (laughs) They just insisted that that was the only way to get them really clean. And so, like, I spent, like, 15 years old, I'd just be sitting there with a barrel of shells just scrubbing my hands raw against the backs of these shells. So that we could make stuffies. Well, I'll tell you, I, I didn't know anything about <laughs> Providence or Rhode Island for that matter. It was like one of the few states I had never been to. And the only thing I knew about, about Rhode Island was uh, that movie, Providence, that the Ferrelli brothers made when I was a kid. You know, you know which one I'm talking about? Oh, Outside Providence? Outside Providence, yeah. That was Wait, all I the, knew. The father calls the son dildo all the time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That was the only thing I knew about Rhode Island. And I just remember thinking, man, <laughs> Rhode Island's rough, dude. That's a rough <laughs> place. And then I go there and I'm like, wow, you can really, first of all, you can almost just like walk through the state in a day. It's so small. And there's yeah, like, and, and what's the population there? Like uh, 780,000 people population for the state? No, like, no, no, no. We're like 1.4 million, I think. For the whole state. Yeah, yeah. We're, um, oh, are you just talking about Providence? No, I'm talking about the whole state. No. Yeah, the whole state's like 1.4 million. We're the fifth least populated state. So we, up, or it's six, we outpopulate five other states. I'm guessing um, the, Daco- Wyoming. the Dakotas, Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming is Dakotas. like... 80-something percent federal land. Yes. It's insane. I, we drove, We drove when we went to the National Convention mm-hmm. in, in uh, Reno, we drove out there. 
Mm-hmm. And we went through some of Wyoming, but we were like sleeping throughout the day pretty much. Mm-hmm. So we missed a lot of Wyoming. On the way back, we went to Yellowstone. We came mm-hmm. we came out of Spokane, Washington. We went up to see my mom in Portland and came out through Spokane. And so we came through like really rural mm-hmm. uh, Wyoming. And there was like nothing. Yeah. Fucking nothing for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> there was nothing. I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Elijah, tell us, tell us, man, why, why do you want to be the governor of Rhode Island? Well, I mean, um, mostly because I just know I'll do a better job than anybody that we would likely be able to get if I didn't run. Right. Um, Rhode Island's been run into the ground for a long time now. And we actually have a really cool history. It's actually a very libertarian history here in Rhode Island, believe it or not. A lot, and a lot uh, of places actually, in the in the in um, uh, New England are like that too, right? Yeah, but Rhode Island particularly, it's a really like we're the first state to declare independence. We did so two months before any other state. We did it by ourselves. We were like, we don't care what you guys do. <laughs> we're just independent now, right? Like, um, on top of our state house, which is gorgeous, by the way. Um, we have a statue called the independent man and it's like a dude and that's like half naked with like a spear and like an anchor. It's, it's pretty badass. Um, <laughs> um, and Rhode Island actually functioned as an anarchy for about, I think it was two years. Um, and so basically they just had a meeting every fortnight here in Providence. Um, and that was it. It was an optional meeting and they would just get together and talk like an agora and just be like, Hey, I'm, gonna try to build a road over here you guys want help and then do it um and they only actually got a charter as a colony from england after massachusetts threatened to invade um and so they got a charter from england to protect themselves oh wow dude that's pretty wild i I didn't know that i didn't know that about rhode island it you know it is tiny but but like that's like a that's a great like real world, world example of anarchy and then also like one of the primary arguments against it is how would you defend yourself? Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, well, I guess we go to Daddy England. Well, they got a char they got a uh, charter, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a situation. Like, yeah. yeah, like unfortunately we couldn't get Massachusetts, you know, like we were just heavily outnumbered. In fact, the people who founded Rhode Island were there was actually two different communities. Um they had been kicked out of Boston and that's that's who found it so you know what they like, kind of looked out of Boston outlaws. is impressive yeah you gotta be you gotta be pretty damn badass to be like get booted from Boston like it, yeah you have to be a Catholic priest and a woman who taught men about the Bible <laughs> it's wild dude. absolutely wild yeah. man I uh yeah you gotta be pretty badass I, so so like I said I've been to Rhode Island now but I only got to spend one night there um, but I do know a lot, quite a bit about Rhode Island uh, now politically because um, I had no idea. I mean, you know, you think of New England and a lot of New England is just very socialist at this point. I mean, you got you got Massachusetts. Nobody wants any, most of the people in New England think Massachusetts is too far left. <laughs> OK, so that's saying a lot. Um, you got most of the like, people in Massachusetts think that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you got you got people you got you got New Hampshire there, which is the free state. It's you know, they've they've already infiltrated the state legislature quite a bit there. Um, they have pork fest there every year. It's growing. It's a huge growing movement. New Hampshire gets more free every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 truly, I mean, 
you know, I, it's one of the places where I think candidates like Elijah and and Jeremy Kaufman, for that matter, yeah. could win. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I really do believe that that can happen in New Hampshire, and they're doing a wonderful job mm-hmm. for what they want to do there. Um, and, and let's see what else. What else is in New England? Connecticut. I don't know much about Connecticut, but I know that it's very expensive. It's a terrible place. Yeah, and pretty and pretty it, uh, socialist as well. So it's it's kind of a weird mix, and it's so funny because it's like. This is where the founding of America, you know, like the mm-hmm. New England, like that was like the original colonies, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where a lot of the people that founded this country came from, you know, and, and um, to, to know that, you know, it's kind of gone so far the other way is really, really weird. So, I mean, what, what do you think it was that, that made Rhode Island uh, kind of become this very far left-leaning state, Elijah? I mean, um so I'm going to get a little conspiratorial right now. Nice. It was the sinking of the Titanic. Wait, um, actually, what? That's, that's actually a pretty cool conspiracy theory to look up. I'm not going to talk about it right now. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? All right, I'll talk about it. Fine. Um, all right. No, it is. It's a serious theory. I haven't done too much research into it. Um, but so the idea was that um, the... Uh, <laughs> I said this as a joke, and now I'm going into it. Anyway, Gotta do it dude. <laughs> so, um, so basically, the idea was that there were people on the Titanic that were planning on coming to New England from the Titanic and creating a mega city between Worcester, which is in Central Mass, right. and Providence, right? And so, this was going to be like the new economic power. They were like really rich people that were on the Titanic's maiden voyage, right? Now, interest from Boston and New York got together and were like, nah, we're, we don't want that to happen. So they sank the Titanic. That's that's it, the conspiracy theory. I'm not saying the I believe cream. that actually happened. Dang it. I just, huh? Well, there's now, a- now, so the Titanic is something that I had never like questioned. And <laughs> now, now that it's just brought up, it's like most of everything it. I was taught growing up was wrong in some manner. Yeah. So, what is it with the Titanic? Well, and a lot of the things you're learning today are wrong in some manner too. I mean, that's just how that's yeah. life. welcome to life, dude. Uh, you know, the government and the and the the corporate news media—they're not going to tell you the shit you want to know. I I I, I got in some hot water over the the weekend myself personally. Um, okay. I, I made a post on Twitter that went absolutely fucking viral. Oh yeah, you did. Uh, One point five million impressions over ninety thousand engagement on a on a tweet that literally said. If World War Three pops off, everybody with a everyone with a Ukrainian flag should be drafted. Like in their in their butt <laughs> or in their name. And, and Elijah, you know me personally. It was pretty yeah. much a joke. I yeah. do believe I do believe that the people that are pushing for war should be the people to have to fight the war, and they should have to crowdfund to fight for that, that war. Yeah. And and so you know it was like a half a joke, right? Like I don't believe in the draft. I think the draft is fucking bullshit and. I'm, I, you know, I, I came to libertarian thought through the military. You know, everybody knows I served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. I, I was a big part of the shock and awe campaign, and I'm pretty anti our mission overseas. I think that we're we're a colonizing imperialist country. Um, we haven't been the good guys for a long time overseas. Uh, whether you want to admit that to yourself or not, yeah. Um, I mean, World War One is when that started, so. Wait, right. I, I'm still trying to catch up with the whole shock and awe campaign. Where you just did they just like have you streak through bad, de- bad? How old are you, Elijah? Like, you were in the happened? military too. How old are you? 
Um, I'm 35. I, I joined the military when I in 2007 at okay. the age of 20. So that was a while after Shock and Awe. So sh- the, uh, the best way to explain Shock and Awe was my ship. I was on the USS. Kind I was of, just trying to set up a joke. Oh, did but, you, do you know what the Shock and Awe campaign is then? Do I do. That? Yeah. We just dropped a, a hundred million tons of ordnance on Baghdad. I mean, that's really <laughs> that's what the Shock and Awe campaign was. It was like 48 hour offensive where we literally just dropped every single bomb we had from our entire mm-hmm. battle group, two battle groups in the, in the, in the Persian Gulf on Baghdad. And it, and, yeah. and that, that was really what jaded me on the military industrial complex, because I was like, wow, dude, this is like a fucking city where people live and kids and animals and, and people go to work and shit. You know what I mean? Like it was rough. Yeah. Um, and so, so that really jaded me on the MIC. And that's why, that's where I, how I got to, to becoming mm-hmm. a libertarian was through the anti-war message. So I'm an anti-war guy. I'm an anti-draft guy. I think the draft is conscription is <laughs> slavery. But if you're going to push for war and you're going to continue to make me fund your war, then you should be drafted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. You should be the one that has to go fight. I shouldn't have to go send my kids and my money to go fight a war that I don't agree with. I, no one voted on. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I don't even believe the government or the corporate news media when they're telling me about what's going on. You and know what we, I mean? We wouldn't. You can't believe it. You cannot believe it. Like officially declare it a war ever. We're never going to do that again. Yeah. So like, so like I, I, so I posted this thing, you know, that everyone with the Ukrainian flag mm-hmm. should be drafted if the world war three pops off as a joke. 1.5 million impressions, dude, from a, from a page, a Twitter page that only has less, had less than 2000 followers on it. Okay. That's wild, dude. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. People, but there was a lot of people who supported that message, and there was a lot of people who were anti that message. Oh yes. So it was I like remember. a fucking mix of craziness. And then, so so <laughs> if you're familiar, Putin did a Putin did a speech last week, yep. right? And and yeah. nobody went and listened to the speech, dude. Nobody. Everybody's no. listening to what CNN and Fox tells them about it. All these, yeah. All these uh, high level, you know, high level uh, specialists and 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 are telling you what to to think about this speech. Mm-hmm. Well, I went and read the entire speech, the the translated transcript of the entire speech, and it was literally all about we are not going to cuck ourselves to the West's agenda. It was nothing about colonizing U- Ukraine. There was nothing about taking over all the states, all the countries that used to be a part of the UR- USSR. It was all about we are not going to use the dollar for gas. We are not, you know what I mean? Like it was all, yeah. it, it, to me, it felt very Libya. It felt very Muammar Gaddafi. You know what I mean? Because they did the same thing with yeah. Muammar Gaddafi, dude. It was like, the, the, Muammar was like, no, we're not going to get on the fucking euro dollar or none of this shit. We're not going to cuck to the Western ways. We're going to have our own nation state, and that's it. And they were like, oh, he's killing and murdering and torturing all his people and this and that. we got to go kill him. And they wouldn't kill him. Okay? Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing, right, is um, I think once you, once you know a lot about a subject – and you see it reported in the news, right. then you realize, like you realize, you're like, oh, this news, the news isn't like real at all. At all. Like I worked for the NSA and when they were reporting about metadata and stuff, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you've ever heard about metadata is close to accurate. One of my favorite things I hear all the time, especially on Fox News is when they'll be like talking about Hillary Clinton's emails, which by the way, like, like what she did is, is punishable by death, right? right? Like what she did isn't even close to like innocent, like it's punishable by death. They usually don't, but still. But when it's like, the Clintons, it's your death, not theirs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's punishable by us killing you. 
But but one of my favorite things is like even Fox News people, they'll be like, how did she, she was the Secretary of State. How did she not know that C stands for classified? And it's like, it doesn't, it stands for confidential. Right, right. <laughs> Which is different. It's the most ridiculous thing. Like, and confidentiality, like confidential is a classification, right? But like, <laughs> just the, the whole like ridiculousness that the news doesn't know anything. Their, their job is to put on a face for the information that gets pushed to them, right? And um, and some people will say, like, oh, you know, I'm a journalist. Like, some people that work there, anchors and stuff, they're, they, they're, they're journalists that are allowed to, to, you know, report on anything that they choose, right? Unless it's Epstein. And, um, and then what happens... <laughs> Or Biden's son, Hunter. Or, 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 yeah, or Biden's son. Uh, I'm sorry. There's probably a lot that they're not allowed to. Right. Those are the um, ones we know about. They're they're normal people that believe themselves to be honest journalists, but they were chosen for that position based off of what they already believed. Sure. Right. As soon as somebody starts stepping out of line, they replace them. And, And that's it. Like, and so like, it's like, yeah, like the people that are in the positions, they're not necessarily bad people, probably misguided people. But what's happening though, is that they've been chosen based off of their predispositions to fulfill a role. To right? do whatever and so, they're told to do and read the teleprompter and. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, you know, if, if you get somebody who's like, uh, it's, what is it? Uh, there's like a famous quote. I forget even who said it, but it was, I, I forgot who said it and I forget what the quote was. The quote was some real insight over here on Break yeah. the Cycle. The, the quote was, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Hashtag Abraham Lincoln. Or Michael yeah. Malice's quote of the mainstream media is honest, but they're not truthful. <laughs> Right. No, no. The, the quote was, "It's impossible to to get somebody to understand something where their livelihood depends on them not understanding it." Right. Right. Like right. it's something like that. I forgot what it is. I feel but. like that was. I wasn't that. Wasn't that Michael Malice that said that? That sounds like a malice. Quote. I thought it was. Maybe. maybe or, I, I, I mean, like insightful and making somebody. fun of journalists. That's like <laughs> Michael Malice's whole thing. Right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm at war with the the blue checks too, buddy. I'm not I'm not a fan of the journalists, and mm-hmm. I, I'm blocked. I'm probably blocked by a lot of journalists out there, no doubt about it, on yeah. Twitter and mm-hmm. and other places for sure, for sure. I don't I, there. I think there's only one person that I know of that I'm blocked on, blocked by on Twitter. I'm blocked by Megan McCain, so I, I win. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, you. Let's be honest, you fucking deserve that. Yeah. Well, no, she deserved it. She deserved it first. You know, uh, I, I wish Megan McCain was somebody I thought actually handled their own Twitter, but she definitely doesn't. Oh, she does, dude. No you doubt, think so? No doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Outlaw thoughts. I mean, if I thanks for the two dollars. This is you're proving my point, right? Like, dude, you're so proud that you got blocked by Megan McCain. You can't imagine somebody other than Megan McCain hitting the block button. Yeah, like, that's true. And that's that, true. that's how it works. Um, shout out to Outlaw <laughs> Thoughts. Thank you, Layton, for the two dollars super chat. He said, "Let's move Rhode Island to inside Alaska." <laughs> but it might be too cold for you guys. I don't know. Well, first off, you, before anybody makes any kind of like ideas like that 
you will be losing a system of measurement, right? You'll no longer know how big asteroids are, right? You'll no longer know how big tidal waves are. You know, if you can't say it's the size of Rhode Island, how will you know how, will how you big know? it is? Yeah, you've lost. You've now yeah. lost an American. We'll just say icon. three city blocks instead. Yeah, you've now yeah, yeah three city blocks. It's three city blocks. Rhode Island is single-handedly staving off the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> that what was that laugh right are you okay buddy yes <laughs> holy shit dude uh yeah i i um i don't know man i in some of those little states i feel bad for for them being out there in the northeast <laughs> like that dude it's just such a such a tough place oh maine is also in new england isn't it yeah, it is there are six new england states you also forgot vermont oh yeah that's a that's a small one yeah. too isn't it vermont's pretty small no, Vermont and New Hampshire are roughly the same size. Is 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 Delaware? Delaware is not part of New England. No, no, they're several states away from anything that would be considered New England. Okay, that's what I thought. You'd they, have to drive they, through. They kind of like in, almost in have the from, accent. No, they're close. <laughs> in order to get from Delaware, you'd have to drive through New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> are, do you? Uh, do you, maybe it's the Pennsylvania and accent? Maryland, I think they have. Actually. They they probably have the Pennsylvania accent. Yeah, that's probably what it's more more akin to, I guess. It's it's the Northeast is small. Who who has the who has the craziest accent in in New England? Is it Rhode Island or is it Massachusetts? It's very similar. Um, it has to be Boston specifically, right? There's a lot of parts of Mass that actually have yeah. uh, worse. But it's just like just the Boston. Boston accent. Yeah, where it's that's like not, the, you sounded like you were from Texas trying to do. I, yeah, Boston I can't. Accent. I can't do a. I can't do a Bastion it's a fucking accent. Kid, a fucking I, can't, I can't do that. I can't do it either very well. But I just, it's kind of weird. Like when I was in the army, I kind of lost my accent. Yeah. But like, if I like speak really fast or I'm angry, it comes out. I don't know. It's, Why did it's I weird. think Delaware was so close to New England? I don't, I don't know. know. It's like, uh, it's. I mean, it's. You're from Texas, right? So no, I'm from California, dude. You're from California? Yeah, but I, I live in you, Iowa. Oh, now. you're a Dallas fan, though. Right? I am a Cowboys fan. Yeah, big time. Oh, okay, that's the thing. Are, right, are you? Right. You're. You're. A, you're obviously a Patriots fan, right? No. No. Holy I shit. know. I'm running for governor. I shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have I'm said a Patriots that. fan. I promise. Uh, no, I'm an Eagles <laughs> fan. Oh God, uh, dude. Oh, a diehard Eagles fan. Well, streams Formo. over. Streams I thought over. you were a decent person in the NFL. Yeah. Thank you. Jalen Hurts is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. He's a fucking. Yeah. He's doing good. So, dude. Actually, Dallas has been impressive this year. Um, well, they sucked the first game with Dak, and then our our fucking our, our backup Mike, quarterback has won I us mean, games now. Michael Parsons might just be the best player in the NFL. Let's be honest. There's no doubt that uh, our um, defense is yeah. The, I mean, one of the best look, Michael Parsons is is at like God tier right now, yeah. and I hope he has like knock on wood. After we saw what happened with Tua, I hope he has a long illustrious career because well, it, greatness. It, it, it feels like it, it would take a lot to take him out. I mean, he hurt his back on one of those plays yesterday and came out for one play and went back in, back in. So I mean, he's just carrying that team. So yeah. I imagine his. Well, back that's is not in true either. Pain. There's a lot of other really good players on that defense, buddy. Like, um, <laughs> all right, Trayvon I, I don't know, Diggs. Uh, Diggs is amazing. If you guys want to talk football, I'm <laughs> yeah. all about it. No, I we're good. Football. We're good. We do talk. Fo- we do talk football a lot <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the show, dude. It's it's kind of. Oh, we do. Yeah, he. he I did not know. I, that. yeah, that's Ryan, that's my podcast. Ryan, yeah, Ryan does. A, Ryan does a football. Uh, uh, Ryan did I a fantasy to. football pa- podcast for a long time, and, and with his his brothers. Um, and it's a pretty good podcast, and uh, he so me and him talk football a lot, and we ended up talking about it on the show quite a bit. But, um, you know, we don't we don't have to. That's okay. 
Uh, somebody said to Google, when was the la- oh Google when was the last time the Dallas Dallas made the playoffs? It was two years ago, dude. Come on, not that fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Not that hard. When's the last time we yeah. won of a, a game? Was two years ago. Yeah, and we lost to the Niners. When yeah, was the last yeah. time we went to the Super Bowl? I think is what he's trying to ask. Would would was be it, the crazy? Yeah, thing. which was yeah, that would have been like twenty six years 90, ago. Ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six was the last time we went to the to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's twenty six years ago. Yeah. When um, was the last time the Vikings went to the Super? Bowl? Yeah. Oh, but that everyone's was like gonna laugh. He's a Vikings fan. He's gonna <laughs> don't don't hurt his feelings. Yeah. Um. And by the way, you guys, if you drop super chats, you can always ask questions in the, on the show as well. Um, and, and it'll, it'll display your name and, and donation on the screen. But, um, so tell me what, what, what have you been doing up to this point? I mean, what kind of, what kind of campaign are you running there, buddy? All right. First off, don't at me. No, um, (laughs) (laughs) look, um, so we got on the ballot. All right. So getting on the ballot was like a journey for us. So what happened was, uh, we, we had a week to basically get a thousand signatures, Right. It was during a heat wave in July. It was pretty rough. We got 1,300 signatures. We needed 1,000. Then they said that not enough of them were valid, right? Which means like 25% of ours, over 25%, they like threw out. So after a month of appeals, we got on the ballot. Like we found enough signatures that were clearly valid. And we actually got on the ballot. I didn't think that they would let us on no matter how good of a case we made. Right. So we got, we like lost a whole month of campaign time. And then since then, it's been like crazy catch up. Since then, I started college, like, like a whole bunch of stuff has gone nuts. Right. Um, but it's been pretty cool. Um, we've seen like a lot of support. Um, I think that uh, my messaging is really on point and it's really what the state needs right now. Um, I did get to give like a nice little speech uh, downtown uh, with like a bunch of Democrats. I don't think any Republicans showed up, but it was like candidates running for governor or mayor of Providence got to give like a little speech. And I by far had like the best speech there. Everybody like loved it. It was awesome. Um, And so and now we've been uh, invited to the debates, which is really, really cool. Uh, Well, at least the first debate. Um, So um, which is not so normal. No, that is- it, yeah, I, I did not expect it. Um, I was I was very very happy with that. But you know, like um, we got a really good messaging. I, I'm I'm a pretty decent public speaker. I like to I like to think at least. I usually get complimented on it. Um, and so um, we're in a pretty good position right now, where the sitting governor was not elected governor. He's the lieutenant governor because our governor was put into the Biden, uh, Gina Raimondo, she was put in the Biden uh, administration. So our lieutenant governor, who's kind of like, the guy has like no personality, like nobody likes him. Like he really, like he's like a blob of a person, um, but he's a Democrat, right? So, and Democrats win in Rhode Island, right? Right. So he's going up against this milquetoast Republican, right? Um. And she won her, like, he barely won, like, he got primaried, right? He won with, like, 36% in a three-way race, basically. It was, like, 36, like, 32, and, like, 27 or something. It was, like, really close. Uh, (laughs) um, And and so, and then the, the Republican, she won, like, she, like, ran away with it. But she's just, like, throwing cash everywhere. She has tons of money because her family, like, her and her husband, they have a business that had, like, this really lucrative COVID 
2019 testing contract in Rhode Island. Oh, shocking. Like, not from Rhode Island. So, like, the Republican, right, she got a bunch of money from COVID-19 testing sweetheart deal contract with the state of Rhode Island. And now she's running at, like, against this governor. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, you couldn't make it up. Like, if you had to choose a perfect race to be a three-way race, this would be it. <laughs> um and so, um, and so basically my idea is one, the libertarian party is not recognized as even a political party in the state of Rhode Island. Um, we're rec- uh, we just are a pack, just a normal pack. And so, um, we need 5% of the vote in either a presidential or a gubernatorial election right. in order to be recognized. So 5% though is really what I see as the floor for this campaign. Um, <clears throat> What is we that like really, uh, in, in Rhode Island? That's just like what three, four hundred people, right? <laughs> yeah, it's some uh, like basically I got ten friends, right? And I asked them <laughs> to get to get two friends each, and I'm pretty sure at that point we've made it, right? No, we need about eighteen thousand votes would be a safe five percent. Oh, um, yeah, voter turnout here is really, really low for gubernatorial. It's it's off presidential year, so. Um, uh, and and everybody expects the Democrat to win no matter what. So voter turnout's really low here. So are you are you or, I mean are you like actually going after are you actually going after people that are registered as Republican? That's what I I mean that's what I would be doing if I was a libertarian running running in Rhode Island, right? Because you guys do have like you have like really crooked. So there's like a history of of crooked Democrats in Rhode Island. I mean you guys it, especially Providence. Well, I mean you guys have like a really big history of of crooked politicians, very crooked, right? You know, it's it, the, the culture in Rhode Island's like a little bit weird. It's actually kind of, it's much more respectable than the rest of New England. Like as far as like leftism goes, it's like a weird version of it. Um, so like, um, like I almost feel like you have to pour, like you have to make people think that you're in the mob, right. like in order to win. Right. And because it's like it's kind of an anti-government sentiment. It's like, you know, like the mob looks out for like the community. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because there was a, there's like a lot. I mean, the mob yeah. had very big stronghold over Rhode Island for a long time. Maybe they still do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I'm an Italian, so I'll have to tell you the mob doesn't actually exist. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but like the thing is, like, yeah, like if you watch The Departed, a lot of that takes place in Providence, right? Um, and that that's a historical movie, like, so, yeah, I mean, what what's funny, like that that is a historical, yeah, it's historical. <laughs> I know, I get it. Sorry, yeah, fucking um, dude's, dude's about to come over to my house it, it, and kneecap me in the middle. Did you see that? He, maybe he is in the mob, dude. He's like, what the what the fuck's <laughs> uh, so funny, you, huh? Did you not hear him? The mob doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exist. And it's a historical movie. Okay. At the same time, <laughs> he's like, um, he's like, "Hey, I will. I, you want a fucking horse head in your bed, dude? Because I'll, I'll drive a horse head <laughs> over your bed right now." And and Elijah gets around, dude. Like, let me tell I you, do. I do. You're you're not safe anywhere. I have I have hung out with Elijah in Georgia. I've hung out with Elijah in Ohio. I've hung out with Elijah in California, Texas. We met in Florida. Met in Florida. I've I have hung out with Elijah in probably at least fifteen states minimum. minimum. We we drove across like five states together, didn't we? Yeah, I drove. <laughs> I drove. I drove. Well, no, you drove us from 
Oh, no. I don't even remember don't where we were. Sense. No, you went to sleep, and I drove us overnight from Ohio to West Virginia to uh, North Carolina. Yeah. And then we dropped was... you off at a bus stop or something in, in North Carolina, <laughs> and you took you took off, and then I drove the I drove Adam Kokesh's bus after you guys dropped me off. By the way, that's what you told you told me. You, we'll have to talk about that story yeah. a little bit. But I uh, so we dropped you off at the bus stop in like in like a shitty part of North Carolina, dude. <laughs> I felt bad. I think it was Greenville, North Carolina, at the train station, it was bad. Yes. Yeah, it was, I got robbed. Yes. Yeah. And then I went. Um, I went. Uh, I I rode that I drove that fucking Adam Kokesh for president train bus thing RV from North Carolina back through West Virginia through into Indiana. We did one day at Elfest with Marcus, who I love to death. <laughs> Big fan of Marcus. Yeah, but we were Marcus. We were in like rural Indiana in the middle of fucking nowhere in the forest at a place called Lothlorien. And they had this uh, this festival. There was like this like little village built out there, and this festival called Elf Fest. All right, and I ate mushroom, I I ate mushroom I chocolates. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Did you get naked in the woods with the the witches? I did not get naked, but there was a lot of naked people. They had like this big, <laughs> fucking like metal like open dome thing with a big fire pit in the middle of it, and everyone was playing drum mm-hmm. circles and shit. And I, and it was like, dude, they were like straight up fucking anarcho communists. And we're walking around passing out Adam Kokesh's book, Freedom. That's about liberty shit. That's like taken from like all these other libertarian philosophers. And 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 I'm talking about Adam Kokesh a little bit, who I don't like anymore. I fucking hate the guy now. He can kiss kiss my ass. Um, but only because he talked a bunch of shit about me and said things about my family so he can go fuck himself. Okay. Um but Yeah, that, that's a line that nobody should cross. That's, he was he was oh. my really good friend. I mean, Adam and I I thought that Adam and I were really, really good friends. Um, but that's how I knew yeah. Elijah because Elijah was Adam's bus driver, basically, mm-hmm. and like road partner. I don't know what else were you. You did all kinds of shit. I eventually was the campaign manager. I don't know at what point I became that. Um, <laughs> After like four or five of them had just left. Hi, kids. Do you like violence? Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down. Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. Might have been after. I'm not sure at that point. Um, it's all blurred to me, honestly. I spent a lot of nights in that bus. Yeah, dude, that bus. It was. I I partied on that bus a lot, and so I I I we did Indiana, and then we did Kentucky, and then we went to Nebraska for the uh, Omaha Roads to Freedom Unconvention, which I was the keynote speaker behind Ron Paul at, which blew my mind. Um, so oh, that, wow! That whole trip, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my god, I have a forty-five minute speech behind Ron Paul. Forty, <laughs> and I had cow. nothing, dude. I was like, I don't know what I wrote my speech the night before. That's insane. <laughs> and then I gave one of the best speeches I probably ever given. The, the ever. last like kind I'm of formal s- speech oh. I gave, it was my brother's best man speech, <clears throat> and I probably spent forty hours writing that, and it was I, just over five minutes. I spent the evening, the the night before my speech, writing it, 
um, and having some drinks. And then I don't, I had somebody, oh, I, um, who helped, somebody helped me uh, on editing and stuff the next day uh, during this, all the speeches going on. And then I closed out the ballroom. I was the last, uh, I was the last speaker in the ballroom. And then we had dinner with Ron Paul and that was the end of it. So I was like the last main ballroom speaker. Um, and it was terrifying. I was scared as shit. Cause now I get speeches all the fucking time. Everywhere I go, you know, yeah. like used to it, but this was my first campaign and it was like in the middle of the first campaign. So I, I was still like, had this like written up, folded up speech in my jacket pockets that I was saying at state conventions. Cause I had no idea. I'd never given a speech. Now I don't use, I don't write anything. I just get up and yeah. give speeches, but, um, it was terrifying. So it was, I spent that, that, that. Like two, I was 10 days on the bus or something. It was a lot of fun, but I got to hang out with a Eli- I've hung out with Elijah. God damn, like almost every state, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, we've seen each other in a lot of places. It's funny, uh, Pat Ford, right, is a former chair of the Rhode Island Libertarian Party and current right, uh, region right. rep on the on the on the yeah, LC now. Uh, region eight, yeah. So, um, what's funny is like he always comment because we're from Rhode Island, like Rhode Island's a pretty small place too. Yeah, and we see each other outside of Rhode Island more often than we see each other <laughs> inside of Rhode Island. And you guys both it's live in the Providence area too, right? Yeah, but we have to go to Maine or Pennsylvania or, you know, whatever, like Delaware or something to see each other. It's crazy. Is that um, the whole state, just the Providence area? Pretty much. No. <laughs> no, no. You guys have some, like, sure. rural area too, right? Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of, We got a lot of woods. In fact, that's a point I like to make because Rhode Island is actually um, tied with New Jersey for the most densely populated state. Oh, sure. um, and if you drive through Rhode Island, most of what you'll see is woods. Right. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, this whole narrative that the world's overpopulated, I'm not buying it. Oh, it's it. the biggest like, bullshit narrative, like, ever. Yeah. Like, if you drive through Rhode Island, like, about 55% of what you're going to see is woods. Um, it's like Connecticut's like that, too. Massachusetts, too. All New England's like that. There's just woods everywhere. So yeah. a good friend of mine and I uh, drove down to Virginia and like half that drive was just woods. And it was like I hated being in Virginia because the there were just so many trees everywhere. And I'm so used to just having miles of like open space in my peripheral it was like i was dr- driving through a tunnel at all times he's, iowa he's from iowa born and raised oh, he's, a, he's an iowa corn-fed boy uh i'm not uh i'm not from iowa but i have i i just realized that in march it will be three years i've been in iowa now so uh, yeah and it. uh we hung out in iowa too we time. did hang out in iowa in fact we hung out in <laughs> iowa the night before you moved there i, I know it was the it was the the night that i met my fiance dude Oh shit! That I, was the night that I met her. Was was the, that's crazy. the night that you and I were hanging out, and Adam was here, and uh, I actually. So I was. It was funny. It's a funny story. I was wearing a, a suit because I was the keynote speaker at the convention, um, and then I hosted and uh, I hosted the presidential debate and and mm-hmm. moderated it. Um, and, and more importantly, you killed the auction, right? Yes. Like, uh, yes. And then I did an auction and I, I got, I even got all the presidential candidates to buy like Iowa, like lifetime memberships and fucking, I, I was yeah, went off, dude. You really killed it. Yeah. Um, and I want to pull this back a little bit. Cause like you were talking about what kind of campaign I'm running. Right. Yep. And, um, and you remember, uh, what was his name? Uh, Donald Rainwater's oh, yeah. uh, speech at the uh, national yep. convention. Yep. Right. He was like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready thing. 
And it's like, on like I was kind of drafted to run for governor of Rhode Island, which I'm pretty happy about, honestly. In hindsight, I was I was super hesitant to jump in, right? There's like all these reasons why I was like, oh, this isn't the best time. Like, you know, and there's plenty of reasons why it wasn't the best time. You're and, always gonna find um, exactly like and that that's the point I want to make is guys, if you're listening to this this podcast right now, like you should probably run for office. Like all of you. Like maybe not like, you know, if if like, you know, you're really terrible at public speaking or you have like super phobias or something, don't do it. Right. But just the point is just just do it. Like we haven't had a libertarian run for governor in Rhode Island since 1976. That's crazy. Yeah, like crazy. and dude, I'm getting a lot of of like just results, just talking to people, even just activating people and getting them more active in libertarian movement in general, that's a huge win. You don't have to win the office to win. And uh, and that's why I want to go back to you, Josh. Like, Josh, you might be one of the best debaters in the Libertarian Party. I appreciate that. Dude. Um, Like, you, you freaking fried JBH in 2020. Like, that was like, you dominated that stage, right? And, um, Dude, you need to run for office. Like, I if, know. like one of the best things you could do for the libertarian movement is get yourself on a debate stage somewhere. Like, well, well, here's the thing. So I was I was running for office here in Iowa yeah. this this term, um, and uh, I was like I was stoked because it's District 44. Okay, yeah. there was no Republican running. It's only a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Basically, he's just going to walk into that position, right? The Democrat is. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, and there was no libertarian running. And so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I know I'm a libertarian. I'm registered libertarian. I'm not super happy with the libertarians nationwide right now mm -hmm. for other reasons. Um, but I am, I am happy with the Iowa libertarians are really fucking great people. And a, yeah. a lot of libertarians around the country as well. Um, I'm just not happy with what's going on inside our party currently with this fucking rift and shit. Right. And, and, and even some of my own people have pissed me off recently, uh, on my side of that rift. <laughs> um, and so that, that's been rough, but, um, so, so I was running, I was running and I only need, we only need to run for state rep here. You only need 55 signatures or something like that. It's fucking, it's nothing. Right. And so I was like, sick, yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, and the filing, uh, our state chair here in Iowa, who I just had on the podcast last show, um, Jules Cutler, uh, amazing. She, she's a lawyer and she actually went in and fought the state personally to get our deadline moved back to August. August uh, 18th was the filing deadline for us. Usually we have to file way before the Republicans and Democrats have to file. Right. So she went and fought this, got it, got it passed. And I'm like, shit, that, that gives me more time to get signatures, get my shit filed since I decided to start running kind of late. So, so I got my signatures together, started getting signatures and uh, find out we have to move. And I have no fucking clue where we're moving to or what date we have to move on. So I just stopped cause I was like fundraising and shit, you know? And so I just stopped fundraising because I, I didn't, you have to raise over a thousand dollars or something to, to, um, hit a threshold to report anyways here. Um, and I didn't, I hadn't hit that threshold yet. Cause I wasn't, I wasn't trying that hard yet, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you, like, so tweeted twice about it. Yeah. I tweeted a couple times. Yeah. I tweeted a couple times about it. And I raised a little bit of, you know, I raised a little bit of money mm -hmm. and then I had a guy, a gentleman who was going to match, uh, $500. So I was really trying to raise that 500 bucks. So I get that other 500 bucks and hit my thousand, start reporting, um, and then the, the match, uh, backed out on me, unfortunately. Ooh. Um, so, so I, and that was a, it was good. It was a mm -hmm. good thing because at that time when I was yeah. supposed to get that match, I found out we were going to have to move. Then we moved August 13th. 
Yes. Something like that. August 13th, because my son was born August 17th. We moved into this house okay. August 13th. My son was born four days later. Um, and so we uh, we moved right at the filing deadline. Mm-hmm. Now, you have to have, there is a district requirement. You have to be there for a certain amount of time, two months or 60 days or something like that, to get on the ballot mm-hmm. as a state rep here. So it was like, I was totally fucked. There was no way I could do it. Um, and of course the losers are like, oh, you couldn't even, you couldn't even get 55 signatures and get yourself on the ballot. Like, dude, I literally couldn't, there was nothing I could do about it. Now I'm in a district though. Here's the cool thing. I'm in the district with Claire Kelsey now, who I absolutely fucking despise, dude. She's like one of the worst Democrats in, she's the worst Democrat in Iowa, dude. She's worse than Sydney, Cindy okay. Asney. Are, are the only Democratic uh, 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 congressperson we have here. Mm-hmm. She's bad. She's a gun grabber. She was very, very hard on the COVID shit. She tried to get everybody in West Des Moines to lock down and wear masks and tell, tell them that we need to push to have vaccine mandates and all this shit. I hate her. But now I'm in her district. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. But I have to wait mm-hmm. another two years to run against her. But now I have time to really build a campaign mm-hmm. and, and really That's figure good. it out. So I am going to run. Uh, in two years against against Claire Kelsey, should she win in November, I think she will. But um, should she win in November, I will be running against Claire Kelsey. Now, I want my my wonderful, amazing, beautiful anarchist uh, listeners who I love, and I'm an anarchist too at heart. Um, and in fact, you bring up the debate thing, um, which, by the way, dude, I really love you for saying that. It, it means a lot to me, truly, because uh, if you were there, it's in true, 20, man. If you were there in 2018, I was not very good at debate. <laughs> I uh, was there in 2018. <laughs> and Nicholas Sarwark wiped the fucking floor with me. Um, and now I want that debate back. You know what I mean? Now I would love to have that debate again. Uh, no, um, no, no, no. That's what f- fueled the fire yeah, to, for was. you to become the debate. I watched that, that debate probably no less than 500 times. I've watched that debate. And it, it made me... Yeah. Like cringe, dude. And now I'm like, oh, dude, I could have done this. I could have said this. And it really did make yeah. me better at debate because I lost so badly and so embarrassingly that it like it, it was like, oh, don't ever do this again. You need to, you know, you need to have your points ready. You need like it made me like debate prep better. And now I'm going to debate. And 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 I actually debated Larkin Rose for two and a half hours uh, about a year and a half ago. I want to see that. Yeah, it's I on, didn't it's know on, that. It's on YouTube. I, I debated Larkin Rose <laughs> for two and a half hours, um, and and all of my Agoras friends said that I beat him. Okay, and and the wow. debate the debate was about uh you know political activism and whether it was in line with libertarian yeah ideals. So, so you were really debating Konkin. <laughs> yeah it was like i was debating Konkin, dude that's exactly what it felt like and so and and so um a lot of my even my agorist friends said dude he, you painted him in a corner and he had to he had to backtrack and do all this shit to to win and so it is on it was during anarcho poco not last year but the year before i think um on the on the mm-hmm. um when they did the virtual one so it's on youtube if you look it up i did it on uh um, nice. Pat, uh, I'll check it Pat out. Smith, yeah, Patrick Smith's um, channel, Disenthrall or something. So I don't like that. Um, yeah, I know you guys don't <laughs> get along. He's a good friend of mine, and Adam used to be a good friend of mine, and he told me a bunch of shit about Adam, and that I didn't believe all the, all the way. And then Adam fucking turned on me and did all the shit he said he did, and fucking it was like, okay, well, seems like Adam was wrong, <laughs> and, and Pat, Patrick might have been right. Uh, but anyways, we we can talk about that later. It doesn't matter. Uh, so yeah, we'll talk about that offline. <laughs> yeah, so we can talk about that in the members only chat tonight. We'll have the members only for yeah. a couple minutes. But um, so so where was I going with this about the debate? Anyways, yeah, that that's, I do appreciate that a lot. Um, but 
But I will run as a candidate, but I want my anarchist friends to know that I am an anarchist at heart. I believe in the ideals of anarchism. Uh, but I also see the usefulness in political activism because you have the opportunity to do exactly what Elijah just said, that you have the opportunity to do. You have the opportunity to get in the front of these normies' faces and talk about political ideals that are uh, freedom-based and, and libertarian-based. And it really does, it can make a difference in a normie's thinking. Uh, and, and you probably don't have a better shot at doing that in front of normies than you do with political activism, in my opinion, um, because they do pay attention to politics. You know what I mean? They do pay attention to, to their people and their debates and their local, all politics is local, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're running in a local campaign or, or even a state campaign, you have the opportunity to really get in front of a lot more people than you would if you put a, a five minute YouTube video for six people. You know what I mean? Or it's so, so really it, it's, it's a big deal. And I appreciate the people that are willing to do it. Um, you know, even, even if I'm not a fan of the candidate, uh, or whatever, I always appreciate the fact that someone will step up and do those things. But I also think that people need to get their campaigns together before they announce, you know what I mean? Uh, do a campaign plan, yeah. get your team together, be ready to raise some fucking money and be ready to get out and do things, put signs up, talk to people, shake hands, door knock. I mean, this is important shit. If you're not going to do that for a political campaign, then don't run in my opinion. You know what I mean? It depends on, it depends on the situation. Right. Um, and you should never be in a situation where you're embarrassing yourself. Right. Obviously. Um, but like, it depends like, so that like, there's like different, ideas right so there are some people that say like oh like we should try to get a libertarian to run for every single position available right and yeah, then there are hard. other people that are like yeah, yeah, yeah and then then there are other people that are like oh we should only like invest in certain winnable races and i think both arguments are wrong right um i think what the idea is, is investment. It's not about who you have running. So if you can get like paper campaigns for every available race, just so people can see libertarian and every single thing, fine, that's great. But you shouldn't be investing any, um, any volunteer hours or, or libertarian donor money into those campaigns. If, if you don't have like a, an achievable goal, an achievable goal doesn't necessarily have to be winning, right? Like, it could be just like, look, we want to get more volunteers and I'm good at talking to these kinds of people. I think that we can get the gun rights people to start merging in with the party or whatever it is, right? Like um, it, you have to have some sort of achievable goal with your campaign, right? And Ron Paul always said it. He's like, oh, look, like the goal of the campaign, like his campaign was an education campaign. Right. He educated a lot of motherfuckers, right? Like, am I allowed to say motherfuckers on this yeah, podcast? Bro. Are you kidding me? This is the break the cycle of Joshua Smith. I curse like a uh, sailor. Okay, okay. Although I feel well, like so I watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> I feel like I haven't cursed as much this show as I typically do, though. No, you haven't. No. I usually am. I'm usually like an mm. F word every other sentence kind of guy, man. I don't know. Yeah. So, so up, but man? the point is, is your campaign should have a goal, right? And that's why campaign is, right? So, and the goal doesn't necessarily have to be winning. Obviously, every campaign should have that in their sights, right? But it's not the only measure of success. And so if I think what the problem with the libertarians is that um, we invest the wrong way. So, well, instead of just running a paper candidate, like that person will start to try to get volunteers and try to get donors. And it's like, no, dude, don't. Like, unless you, unless you got something that you think that you can achieve here, there's no point, right? Do a paper candidacy, get your name on the ballot. So 
at least when people go to the ballot box, they'll see libertarian and they'll have a chance to check your name off. And then every once in a while, like what, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, Harrington, Ricky Harrington, Ricky right? Harrington um, in Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah. In Arkansas. Like they didn't know that was going to be a two person race. No. Like he was just running. Right. And then the Democrat had to drop out because you know, he had random personal like problems after the deadline to file. Right. So that having as many candidates on the ballot will maximize those kinds of opportunities for us. Right. Um, and, and then, and that's when you invest, right. As soon as you see Rock, Ricky Harrington's in a two way race, boom, you start throwing money at it. Right. But libertarians need, just need to do a better job of figuring of taking the opportunities where they present themselves. I agree. I agree. They need to, they need to do a better job and they, and, and they also need to do a better job with their wallet. Like that's the other thing too. Like if you see a candidate that you want to win, you need to help fund that fucking candidate, dude. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't, it is, it's a sad truth about politics in the United States. You can't win without money. It's very, very hard to do. I I mean, somebody did win in New Jersey without, with very little money recently, which was kind of cool as an independent, but it's not, it's not the norm, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you want a candidate to win, if you find a candidate that you believe in, if you find a guy, even if it's in like a state across the country from you and you find a guy that's like, yeah, man, I'm going to lower all the taxes here. I'm going to kick these fucking alphabet agencies out of the, out of the state. And I'm going to fight for, uh, you know, to nullify all. Uh, federal gun laws, right? Like, which is something like if I was to run for state rep, right? Like what my whole campaign was going to be like, I'm going to hop on board with, with uh, nullifying all the federal gun laws here in Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that's that, that you already see people here pushing for, you know what I mean? Uh, of course, I, of course I would fight, want to fight the drug war, but it's not something that I would lead with because Iowans yeah. just don't care about it. And you know, I would, I, I would hop on the school choice train. The school choice thing is a big thing here too, but also being against any remnant whatsoever of the COVID regime. I think we mm-hmm. need to get rid of them, kick them out. They shouldn't be in Iowa anymore. Um, and so those were the things I was going to run on. If you see a guy like that that's running, it doesn't matter if he's in your state. You could kick him 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 bucks, whatever it is, whatever you can, because getting that win in one state is going to be like a domino effect across the country. You know what I mean? There's going to be it's, other places that see of, that. It's kind of like, um, but there's kind of like this like low self-esteem aspect to the libertarian. It's a, it's a loserish culture that has been bred. In, yeah, we're yeah. the Detroit Lions of yeah. political parties. <laughs> and, and, and uh, <laughs> Ouch. It's true, though. It's and fucking true. First off, we need to clip that. The Lions that. are turning themselves around, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're going to bite some kneecaps off, boys. The Lions are the number, the number one scoring team in the whole entire NFL right now and ha- have only won one game this season. That's yeah. fucked up. They're the worst scoring yes. defense in the NFL. Yes. They, they've had a pretty tough mm-hmm. opening schedule, to be honest, though. Yeah. Um, anyway, see. I digress. So, um, So, like, here's the thing. It's like, libertarians win all the time and there's this concept that like oh libertarians never win and even libertarians think that and it's like it's not true first off we win like the libertarian movement today is humongous compared to what started out as 50 years ago right like humongous uh what was it 1967 rothbart was asked how many libertarians there were in the world and he said 25 yeah it's probably it's probably 25 million of us today. Yeah. That's insane 50 years. Right? Like, like that's crazy. And um, and so it's just we get this like weird idea where it's like we only measure 
success as winning the presidency. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, well, first off, like, that's oh, just not so going to happen. <laughs> they overthrown the largest empire the world has ever seen. Guess where failures? <laughs> what the hell is going on? Like, we just have to, libertarians need to change the way that they think about things. And it's like every time you convert a libertarian, that's something that should have never happened, right? With how much money and how much power is just behind the system that's involved, like people are being like propagandized and like downright brainwashed from the time they're like three years old. At this point, they're going to get universal daycare or whatever, and, and we're all screwed. And, universal uh, fucking daycare run by the state? Could you imagine, dude? Oh, my God. I mean... Bro. It, anyway. What, um, what kids are they going to have the daycare for? They're like... Oh, they'll find a way, dude. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get rid of reproduction basically that's entirely. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, it's, it's really 1984-ish. But... um. But the, the point is, it's just like, look, we're winning all the time. Like there are new libertarians popping up daily that every single one that pops up is a win. This COVID regime that just happened. There are so many people that woke up from that, like a huge amount of people. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is that the media doesn't show it. And so we don't believe it, but they lie. Right. So it, you have to kind of just understand the fact that we kind of live in a, a weird vacuum where we don't get the real news. We only see the fake news. Right. And so our perception of what's really happening is, is way off. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. You just gotta go and touch grass. Right. And, <laughs> and, and talk to your neighbors and you'll see it happening. What if you're don't allergic believe- to grass, dude? That's that's fair. Um, I'm sorry. I, didn't, I didn't mean to be uh, like. Bigoted uh, I don't even know how to people that are allergic to, a, to grass. What an able! Um, what an a, What a yeah, fucking what a, ableist! What a fucking ableist. <laughs> ableist! Yeah, I didn't mean to be an ableist. I do apologize. Um, I will self-flatulate. <laughs> well, uh, so okay, Elijah, we're getting we're getting close to the end of the uh, the live stream yeah. here. Um, before I am going to have you give a closing and all that stuff. Before we get there, I want to say to anybody that's hearing this either on the podcast. Uh, audio or on YouTube or any of the other uh, Odyssey or anything like that. Um, we're doing in-person interviews now in, or in-person guests in this studio. We've built a great studio here. Mm-hmm. And I have a, an apartment that we're building now too for guests that want to come and stay and be on the show. They have a place to crash. They get a, they'll get to have a family cooked, uh, home cooked meal, all that good stuff. So if you know anybody that's within driving distance, cause we can't get to flying people out yet. Yeah. Um, we just, we don't financially have that in us yet. We're, we could get close with a couple, you know, three, $400 more a month, uh, revenue mm-hmm. in the show. We could probably get to a point where we could fly a guest or two out a month, which would be nice. Um, but right now we, if you know somebody that's within three hours of, of Des Moines, Iowa, which puts you Kansas city, Minneapolis, uh, uh, Omaha, Nebraska, what other places there's other ones too. Anyways, there's definitely some place. If you know anybody that you want to see on the show, uh, make sure to hit me up and let me know so that I can try and get a hold of them and see if they will come out and be on the show in the studio. It works really well, so we're excited about doing that stuff. Um, that's it for my interlude there. Elijah, before we get going, um, give your elevator speech, man. What do you want to see happen in Rhode Island should you become governor? Look, man, uh, the main thing I'm going to focus on is the drug war, 
Right. So um, there are some people in the state of Rhode Island, some politicians that have a good idea about bodily autonomy. Right. But none of them, doesn't matter whether they're on the left or the right, really take bodily autonomy all the way to its limit. Like they like nobody actually believes in it. Right. And the thing is, whatever you do to your own body is your own business. It should never be illegal. Right. You should be the ultimate decision maker over what happens to your body. And right now in the state of Rhode Island, we have prisoners. Right. That um, that have never hurt anybody. Right. Um, Yet we're holding them behind bars. We're taking them away from their families. We're taking them. We're taking mothers and fathers away from their children. We're taking children away from their mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters. We're taking them out of their jobs. And then we're putting them in a taxpayer funded facility. Rhode Island pays the fifth most of any state for uh, per inmate per year. Um, actually, I, that's actually kind of old information. So that information is based off of $50,000 per inmate per year. I was told today, I haven't verified the information that ever since COVID that's gone up to $200,000 per inmate per year. Um, 50,000 per inmate per year is insane. Yeah. 200,000. It's insane. Yeah. That's a well-paying full-time job. Yeah. That's well-paying. That's more than double what I make every year, dog. The average Rhode Islander makes $35,000 a year. The average, how is it more expensive to be a prisoner in Rhode Island than to just be a free citizen? No it doesn't shit. make any sense. That's, that's, that's really crazy. Especially right? when they're just feeding um, them fucking starch every day. And... Administrators, yeah. that's how. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, listen, um, Rhode Islanders are working day and night to keep these people away from their families. The, the drug war is an economic disaster and humanitarian crisis. And it needs to be ended now, yep. right now. Um, and so as governor, um, on day one, any nonviolent drug offenders, and when I say nonviolent, by the way, I don't mean this stupid legalese thing where it's like they classify nonviolent things as violent crimes, like intent to sell, for instance, is considered violent. Uh, um, or or having a gun next to a joint is considered a violent crime. Uh, okay, I do I do have one one question about that. Well, I think yeah. I know where you're going with it, but uh, how would you distinguish between people that maybe committed a violent act, but they didn't quite have a great case on them, so? Uh, they pled down to drug charges in like a plea I mean, bargain. Listen, how, how would you, you, get, you how would you distinguish what you that? get convicted of? Right. So if you don't get convicted of a violent crime, you shouldn't serve the sentence for a violent crime. Right. And, um, and, and it's, it, it, it doesn't, if they didn't have a great case on it, then that means that you probably might not have done it. <laughs> um, like, good point. On. I mean, it had, you know, I, I I go back and forth on the death penalty, right? Like, I I'm like, man, there's yeah. some people on yeah. there that probably need to be put to death. But at the same time, if one innocent person is put to death, it, the whole thing is a sham, right? So yeah. I get it. I know but exactly. Like, what you mean. we well, we know honestly, with like uh, Al Pacino did Ron all sorts of right horrible, horrible shit. We know this. Al Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I watched a lot of his movies. He did a lot of really uh, terrible fucking wait, movies. Wait, I am I. <laughs> Do I have the guy wrong? The the mobster. Yeah, you have Al Pacino's a, an actor. Al Pacino's um, an actor. So you're, oh yeah. shit, Al Capone. Okay, yeah. Al Capone. Al Capone. Okay. Yeah. 
Al Capone did all sorts of horrible, horrible shit. I imagine Al Pacino Great has cigars, too, though. because really you know cigars. he's from Hollywood. But Al Capone got indicted on tax charges because they couldn't they couldn't prove him on all the other stuff. But you know we know he did all sorts of other horrible shit. Do we? we? And, and, I, and and here's the I thing, think right? We do? That that's an outlier, right? Yeah. Um, but I but, but I am time, saying that that will have happened with like plea bargains on drug charges. I, I mean, and, and that's, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Honestly, like, listen, if you cannot prove somebody did something, you are innocent until proven guilty, He's not guilty. assumed guilty. That's literally and, our, the basis of our law in the United States. You know, it, it's not okay to sentence somebody to life for tax evasion. Like Al Capone got right. Absolutely. Um, it's it's not okay. Tax it's evasion a is patriotic, by the way. Uh, I, so there's <laughs> there's something I have saved on Facebook Marketplace, and it's a flag, and it has Barney the dinosaur on it, and next to it it says "Commit tax fraud." Yes, and I I'll probably buy that. Tax fraud is is as American as apple pie, buddy. And and by the way, maybe if our law enforcement agents and um and prosecutors and detectives weren't so focused on the drug war, maybe they would have found evidence of Al Capone murdering people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but the problem is that the drug war being in place, right, it it dilutes our entire justice system. It puts police officers in a bad position where, by the way, like I saw, um, I saw a video where a guy got, was getting stopped by a cop. And he just pulled out a gun and started shooting at the cop because he had weed in the car and he knew he was going to go to prison. Right? Like, we're putting our police officers... I lost a good friend who was an officer like a year and a half ago and it was on a drug raid and he got shot and died. One of the best men I've ever known. Yeah, and he should have never been there. Right? It shouldn't have happened. It's it's terrible, right? We, We Our police officers deserve our respect to put them on people who are actually harming their communities, not just themselves, right? And we need to treat addiction like it's a health crisis, not a criminal crisis. Um, And so, um, yeah, as governor, I will be uh, pardoning every nonviolent, truly nonviolent drug offender in the system. Nice. Um, And I will send them back home to their families so that they can start working, paying taxes like normal citizens, right? Um, as much as we hate taxes, you know, it's or they could uh, be cool and commit tax fraud. Patriotic, even <laughs> American. Yeah, maybe we'll make them tax exempt to make up for the horrible injustice oh, they've had. To suffer. That's a good one too. Uh, that would be cool. <laughs> so you know, and uh, so that's the main thing I want to focus on. On top of that, um, you know, the COVID regime needs to go. Uh, we are still in a state of emergency here in Rhode Island, which is. Bullshit. The Democrats literally admitted on the debate stage that it was just a ploy to get federal funding. <laughs> oh, Jesus. oh my God. They literally dude. talked about it on the debate stage. Like, well, you know, we, we have to say it's a state of emergency. Otherwise the funding stops. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Not and, and I would also point out because this topic's on my mind is that Donald Trump, the sitting president of the United States at the time said that we invaded Iraq for the oil. I just want to make sure that everybody realizes that. <laughs> That's that not, I, anybody who doesn't know that at this point is not paying very much attention anyways. Yeah, but the fact that a sitting president said it out loud yeah. during a debate is a big deal that is a big nobody deal. seems to really notice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
By the way, we're at the we're at the end of this thing, man. Uh, but I do before we do take off, we are going to do a members only stream, so we'll get to go in there and bullshit for 20, 30 minutes. Um, but before yeah. we go, where can where can people uh, find you, support you, listen to you, all that good stuff, man? Definitely. Actually, uh, real quick, um, guys, hit me up on social media. Follow me on Twitter. I know it's not a super active account. I'm kind of Twitter illiterate. I'm trying. I, I tweeted something today, yeah. I think. Um, at Elijah John. That's E-L-I-J-A-H-J-O-N. Right. And uh, follow me on Facebook, Elijah Gizzarelli for governor. Uh, like uh, follow that page. Right. Um, my Republican uh, opponent. She only has two and a half thousand people following her on um, on Facebook. And she only has one and a half thousand people following her on Twitter. This could be a huge news story that I have a bigger following than her. <laughs> bigger people. social media like, following yeah. than the Republican yeah. candidate. I like it. Exactly. Like, like guys, like I have more on my sock account. It's just my sock account. So please, please. <laughs> if you're friends with John Paul on Facebook. <laughs> yes, I am. Of um, course I am. <laughs> go like Elijah Gizzarelli for governor and follow the at Elijah John Twitter page, please. It'll help me out. I'll be able to get a press release, some some co good coverage on that. He has if less I can followers than I do, which oh, is kind of up. a travesty. Yeah, so we need up. we need to correct that, yeah, everyone. You guys I, I just went and followed him right now. Y'all better follow suit. Um, yeah, and then uh, you can also go to Eli, E-L-I, the number four, R-I, dot com. And hit me up with a donation. We spend money way better than Democrats and Republicans. We are able to turn Federal Reserve notes into freedom here at uh, Gizzarelli for Governor. So please um, donate. Um, check out my website. Roast it on roast my social it. media. Tag me. Up my I, at my algorithm. Do all that <laughs> stuff. That will really help out my candidacy. I appreciate oh, yeah, you. Man. Hell yeah. Oh, thanks level zero for the $5 super chat. He said, uh, I've met a wonderful, I've met the wonderful TSA agents at Providence airport. Best of luck in Rhode Island. Um, I have also met the, uh, I get the best massages. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure he was Prostate being face. There. Huh? Prostate massages. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, I have also, I have flown into Providence, so I get it. Um, player what's up player, uh, Player FTW, I always mess up your name when I want to say it right, but he's been a member for 14 months. He says, us, which means what's up. So, uh, um, what's 14 up? months. I love, I love that they just show me when people have been a member of the channel for like months and months. And yeah. I love that, dude. It makes me really happy. Thank you guys for always supporting us, man. It makes a, it makes a, makes a big difference for us for sure. Uh, Elijah, man, I'm a big fan of yours. You know, I love you to death. I hope you do really well, dude. Um, please give me a couple minutes to close out this thing and we'll do the members only stream. Peace. Peace. Man, another great show, dude. It was, it was uh, Elijah's buttons. I'm pushing all the buttons right now. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Elijah's, dude. Please go, please go support the guy. Seriously, Rhode Island is a small state, and you can make a big impact there as a candidate, dude. You really can. You know what I mean? If you can make some noise, make some waves. And it's funny because of all the libertarians that I met around the country, that little tiny Rhode Island party, it was like 15 dudes, 20 dudes, right? Man, they made a lot of waves, dude. They like fought the the subsidizing of the baseball stadium there. They're always on the Capitol steps, like rallying against things. I mean, them, them guys are active, dude. Like very active, and they they've made they've made some waves in Rhode Island, and now they got a governor candidate for the first time in a long time. And 
Um, and he's a he's a candidate that can speak well and and goes and and does things. You know what I mean. So it's really interesting to see what's going on. So I hope they I hope they do well. And um, you know, if you guys are listening to this, try and throw a little support at at Elijah and help him get that at least that five percent, man. Get them recognized as a as a yeah. uh, party in in Rhode Island. That's you know it's it's uh you know when you're trying to lose weight, right? You're dieting and working out and all this shit. Everybody always thinks that like the only goal is your goal weight, right? But that's not the truth. In fact, there's all kinds of victories that are called non-scale victories, right? Like your pants fit better, you know, your knees feel a little better. You don't. It doesn't take you quite as long to get up when you when you're getting out of bed. Those are called non-scale gaining weight. That's well, the first yeah. place to start. Those are those are called non-scale victories, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's a victory that takes place without stepping on the scale. Mm-hmm. Um and and for a third party, we those are the victories we're looking for, right? Are those those things. It's like we we're we're probably not gonna win the governorship, uh the, the gubernatorial race in in Rhode Island, right? It's probably not gonna happen. But our governor candidate can get five percent and then they have a better chance the next time there's a, go- a gubernatorial race or they have a better chance for state reps or they have better chance for winning, you know, county treasurer or whatever. It just makes a big difference for those little small victories. And, and people don't understand that as as well. Um, you know, look, it's a Democrat run state. Rhode Island is is 100 percent controlled by the Democrats. OK, so you're not stepping on your Republican friends toes by throwing a little money at, at Elijah or voting for Elijah because the Republicans aren't going to win there. But getting uh, somebody who gets, and I said this when I was going to run in 44, was these people have always voted for Democrats. The Republicans aren't running here. But I get the opportunity to go around and talk about school choice and all this shit without the R next to my name, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't have that, like, stigma that these people hate. As soon as I walk up to the door, I get to give them my literature, say I'm actually not from the Republican Party. Here's what what I'm working for. And they'll actually listen a little more than they would if it was Republican. So he has that opportunity to do that. In, in Rhode Island, and you're even if you're a Republican, it's not going to hurt you any because the Republicans aren't going to win there. So you have an opportunity to help a guy, uh, you know, get his foot in the door and and give a challenge to the Democrats because we got to challenge the Democrats on every fucking front, dude. At this point, you know what I mean? Any way we can, and there are states where it's it will behoove you to support a libertarian. So, um, Ryan, you got anything? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Bulldog Gamer twenty eight. I uh, somebody was asking how to spell Yep Cox earlier. It's Y E P C O C K S. Yep Cox. Yep Cox. So really not that hard little, to spell. Yeah. Retards. Little hooked on <laughs> phonics for you here at Break the Cycle. Fucking a man. What a what a cool show. And and Elijah's cool man. I really do love him. And and I meant what I said earlier, guys. If you got if you have the opportunity. Um, you know somebody, or even if you want to come be on the fucking show in the studio with us, yeah, let us know, dude. Like, come, come by. We're, you know, if you're three hours driving distance uh, within Des Moines, Iowa, dude, I'd love to have you on the show. Set you on the couch, feed you dinner, let you crash if you need to crash, all that good stuff, man. Yeah. But, uh, but definitely, if you know somebody, like, mm-hmm. like a, like a, like a bigger name that you'd like to see on on Break the Cycle, let me know so I can try and hit them up and get them on the show because. We want to have more in-person shows. It's fun that way. Yeah. It is fun. And and we have the good camera and all the lighting and all that stuff now. So, mm-hmm. um, But anyways, guys, go check out our sponsors. Of course, TopLobster.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle where you can get this great head-turning, bright purple F- Epstein Didn't Kill Himself hoodie that you see me wearing tonight by using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Or you can join the Patreon or Subscribestar by going to Patreon.com or Subscribestar.com forward slash Break the Cycle JS. Or you can join all of 
Uh, you can join our YouTube channel under all of our videos by hitting the join link. That will not only get you into a Discord server where you can get all of Top Lobster's new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public at a 30% discount, but also uh, you get to see all the members-only streams because I stream to all three of those platforms now live for the members-only streams. So any one of those will get you into that. You get some other perks on on Patreon and Subscribestar, but don't expect them right away. It takes a long time for me to get that shit out. Uh, but you will get it. You'll get it. There's a hat. There's a, uh, a shirt and mug uh tier there's a mug tier there's you can get your name in the credits tier there's all kinds of cool stuff so um but just don't expect it to come too fast i promise i'll get to it um and of course executive producers of the show anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning needs check them out today see what they can do for your business home or personal life they're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently they help organizations solve unsolvable problems in the technology and hr arenas they serve their clients in New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, Illinois, Ohio, and Indiana, and their client list is growing every day. Their team leads by example. Anthem consultants have led their own organizations through demanding periods of change. Now they help clients succeed in the face of technology and personnel challenges. I think I kept, the other day when I was doing this, I think, um, I, think I kept saying personal changes, but I meant personnel changes. Uh, I know specifically firsthand that they've worked with a couple people that have reached out to them from this show, um, and those people are very, very happy with their service. So if you you own a business, go check them out, man. They're going to help you out. I promise you they're going to make you right. They're going to set you right. Um, and, of course, a new executive producer. I, I don't know how much longer I'll call them new. Maybe next week we'll stop calling them new. But executive producer of the show, Colwell Creative Content, my good friend Craig and his wife, they're doing wonderful things. Uh, they specialize in SEO to help your site rank well on Google or other search engines. Website design, optimized website content writing, optimized blog posts, copywriting, social media content management, newsletter writing and design, ghostwriting and editing services, resume and cover letter, write, uh, cover letter writing. They work in all, with all kinds of clients, including real estate, addiction treatment, mental health, healthcare, banking and pay payment processing, not the Fed, not the Fed. Uh, and they've worked with just about every industry, even libertarian political candidates and influencers such as my great friend and, uh, and really the guy who taught me all about politics, Mr. Larry Sharp. Uh, they've been in business since 2012 and worked with hundreds of clients. Definitely check them out. See what they can do for you guys. I promise you it's worth it. Um, what do we got coming up, dude? I don't know. You don't, you don't even know who's coming on the show. Uh, AJ I, Fisher. I, oh, we'll have an in-studio yeah. show on, on Thursday. My friend, uh, my friend AJ Fisher from the Redacted Caucus, Boog Boy, will be in the studio. He's a really, really cool guy, man. Fun. It's going to be a fun. That's going to be a fun show. I'm excited for that. If you guys, hopefully we won't go too hard and get kicked off of YouTube on that show, but <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, guys, if you want to check out the members-only stream with Elijah tonight, where we'll probably talk all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, just join under this video or other videos on the YouTube channel or go and join the Patreon or subscribe star. It'll be live over there too. I love you guys to death. I will see you on Thursday for the show with AJ Fisher. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the personal frame but i just spent in minecraft the helicopter part was a reference to gta 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit i am not an excuse because i just spent in minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft
Holy shit, I think I'm 